Very special day today. A friend of ours graciously agreed to come in and give you an update on her unbelievable uh, mishaps across the last couple of days. The great Heather McDonald, Juicy Scoop. Heather, come on in here. Our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Since the beginning of the pandemic, nearly one in five Americans has reported consuming an unhealthy amount of alcohol. Could be you, but only 10% of them are actually getting the help they need. Reframe is a neuroscience-based smartphone app that helps users cut back or quit drinking alcohol altogether. Using evidence-based tools, techniques, and content, Reframe guides users through a personalized program to help them reach their goals. Comprised of daily tasks, a comprehensive toolkit, a community forum, and accountability guides, Reframe is a modern, accessible, and affordable resource that can help anyone looking to reevaluate their relationship with alcohol. Reframe is backed by Harvard University and Emory University Schools of Medicine, and it is ranked the number one alcohol reduction smartphone app worldwide with over 350,000 downloads. With Reframe, there's no stigma, just science, no labels, just support. To learn more, go to joinreframeapp.com slash Dr. Drew. Use the code Dr. Drew for 25% off your first month or your annual subscription. That's at joinreframeapp.com slash Dr. Drew. Sunglasses are because... So I guess uh, when I fell on stage doing stand-up, um, I fell right back. Nothing broke my fall. I was alone on stage, so I didn't have anything to grab or any human to grab. And because of the concussion and the skull fracture on my head, I guess that caused um, two black eyes, which is I wasn't aware of happens, you know, when people suffer right. head trauma. So I didn't even right. discover so a classic... it until I, yeah. Yeah, classic sign of skull fracture is what's called raccoon eyes, where you get completely blue orbits. And uh, Heather piled makeup on, but still couldn't hide the raccoon's eyes. So she's <laughs> going for it and just going to look like a like a movie star with she the still sunglasses. Looks great. Yeah, you still look great. So congratulations yeah. on getting through that. Now you said you. you said you no one nothing broke your fall. You couldn't grab. I've watched your video several times, and I'm here to tell you you lost consciousness and then fell down there would be right. no grabbing yeah. of anything because you were already unconscious then and then you hit your head which added to the concussion and further lack of consciousness with about what 15 seconds down um in watching the video the the whole video because the club films your whole set um yeah i was down for a while and there was like a little bit of like movement with my stomach, like a rapid breathing that I could tell from my top. And then, you yeah. know, people started coming up and, and then it's like, I woke up and it was like a movie where like all the faces are around you. Like what happened? You know, they always do that scene from the perspective of the person that's passed out. Um, 
I do wonder though, like, so when I was, I remember being on stage and I had this like, and I was like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? I'm holding my mic and I can see everything, but it's like a really dizziness. And I was like, woo, I better power through this. This better go away. I don't know how I'm going to do another hour and 10 minutes of material. And then I think that's when I took a couple steps to kind of like, you know, and then I don't remember anything else. And I was like, you know, oh my God. And then I pass out what you see. I am kind of wondering though, like, had I not been on stage and I felt that way, I would have, you know, grabbed on someone or sat down. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. I wouldn't have passed out though. Maybe I would have then, that's you know, that's had possible. a sip of water, had something yeah. to eat and been fine. You know, it's like, because I had no place to go or grab, then, you know, and then in, of course, it's you know, still. where it happened and everything, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone started texting yeah. you, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was so sweet and nice. And I'm just like, you know, at a certain point they say, you know, you're supposed to, one thing they want me to do is like, you know, not be on my phone, not watching like TikTok videos on my phone and texting too much on my phone. And, you know, our friend Josh Flagg is like, what happened? I'm like, okay, at this point, <laughs> There's actual like articles you can read. And so finally I'm like, I don't mean to be a bitch, but can you just listen to the podcast? Like I say the whole story in detail. I really don't feel like texting it out with a brain injury. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of the brain, good, good job. I'm sure Josh was fine. Uh, again, and, uh, yeah. and given the, the brain injury, is it, do you are aware of any effects of that now? Any memory issue, thinking problems, mood problems, sleeping if, issues, I, irritability, anything like that? I feel very lucky to cognitively have no problems. And I really didn't mm. even right from the start, you know, them asking me questions, always coming in the room asking me my name, the year, the time, the date, you know, the president, squeeze my hand, lift up this. I was always able to do all that. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes my head kind of hurts. I'm only taking Tylenol. They offer, They said, well, we've got Oxycontin for you. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I've watched enough of the movie with again. People want no, right? Exactly. People want to blame the what the the whatever the family was that uh, and, you know pushed that stuff. It's the doctors, and they're still pushing it. Jesus. And I said, and they're, oh, really? You had a really bad. I go, no, no. I go, you know what? When I gave birth, uh, they gave me something Norco or something. I'm like, it made me nauseous. I already threw up once right after the head injury. Twice actually. I'm like, just Tylenol, just the Tylenol. And the Tylenol has been doing the job. So I just have been taking Tylenol like every four to six hours. Um, and, you know, the back of my head is sore. So I put some ice on there, like on a pillow when I rest. But, you no, know, the sleeping's been okay, actually, you know. Good. It's been not great, Good. but and, it's and do you, not like I'm you, getting the hours, yeah. Do you have your discharge papers? Can you do you know what's on the discharge sheets? Exactly what they called everything? Um, no, I haven't really examined it. I mean, I talked to the, you know, four different, I mean, there were like four different neurosurgeons that everybody looked at everything and they asked me every question. I'm not on any medication. Um, you know, they did two CAT scans. The second CAT scan in the morning after they said it's starting to heal, which was the um, bleeding on the brain from the skull fracture. So they're like, that's just going to 
you know, go. Then we did the, you wanted me to do the echo cardio. We did that mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. and that appeared Good. to be fine. That's checking the heart valves. So, I mean, honestly, they just don't really know why I've never fainted right. before. So. And did, did, did Chelsea faint also? Do we know what happened to her? We, um, I found out a little bit more in that, um, uh, what I didn't realize is that she had some type of, I think she may have had some type of, uh, panic heart racing kind of a thing, but I'm not sure just that her photo showed that she was, had a couple things looks like it was, you know, monitoring the chest area. So she, mm -hmm. I think did her show Thursday night and didn't feel well after, and then canceled her Friday and Saturday. And then mm -hmm. that Friday I did go and then, you know, passed out on Saturday. So like, yeah, it's just crazy that, you know, we've worked together and know each other and this happened. And, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's too bad. I wonder if she was in the hospital with, like, I wasn't, you know, but I, she was like, I'm going to be fine. And I'm, you know, just whatever, going to schedule it. But she, I think is canceling a few more shows. I'm not sure. So that she's really taking mm. like a solid amount of weeks off i fortunately don't have another hmm. show until the end of march which i feel confident i'll be able to do fine yeah, um yeah i'm really sure. glad i don't have shows this weekend i i would not want to be standing up and doing a whole hour but i mean i just just recorded my podcast for tomorrow with sarah colonna um of course sitting here but i i was i'm fine to like you know be on for a couple hours but i'm trying to take it easy did uh, Sarah just give you shit or was she sympathetic? <laughs> no, she was great. She was actually one of the first people to like text. And my son, Drake, who goes to ASU, was in the, the car with me. Um, as you know, I am married to Peter Tobias and he is very cheap. So the first thing my son, uh, Drake, also known as Peter Jr., said, we are refusing the ambulance ride. A hundred percent refusing the ambulance ride. <laughs> I don't want to pay for so, that. I'll drive her myself. <laughs> no. The oh Drake my God. is in the backseat with me and my sister-in-law who lives in, uh, Peter's sister who lives in Arizona. She was great. She's like, I'm taking you to the hospital. I know that you should go to with this great neurological center. And, um, and it was a great hospital, St. Joseph's. I was very happy with it. I mean, I've, the only time I've been to the hospital uh, I went home with a baby. So like, it's not like I'm familiar with right. what it's like to have an IV in my arm or anything. And, um, so, but in the backseat, you know, you know, Drake had my phone and he was like, Oh, Sarah's asking, what, are you okay? And, you know, cause all of a sudden fans started like DMing people that they know that I'm friends with that, you know, they follow all of us. Yeah. So people knew a lot of people knew right away. And then, um, you know, then the actual news got out too. Well, when you open in uh, later March, don't make any jokes about Jesus or Jesus saving you from COVID or anything like that, because you might get struck I down again. <laughs> I always joke about that because I talk about being Catholic and Jesus, and some people are like, you know, not okay with the way I talk about. And I'm like, oh, Jesus thinks I'm a hoot, whatever. And so in, in never, you know, it's so interesting, you know, Drew, because like before the vaccine, I got a lot of shit for not stopping my show for you know, going out, you know, going to Mexico, all this stuff. And, but I, you know, I never got COVID. And then when the, when the vaccine came out, I got it, 
you know? So I'm kind of like, I come out on stage, like, I, I don't care if you don't get it, but like, just so you know, I, like I did everything I'm supposed to do. Stop giving me shit, you know? Right. And then right. and I've never gotten COVID where I'm like, at a certain point, you're like, well, now wait a minute. Is something wrong with me? Like, or are we just the chosen people like joking about it? And then I literally, I told my, my assistant, I go, can we do a TikTok where you just make like a, a floating Jesus just come down and like flick me, <laughs> like, like flick me and I just fall over. Like, clearly Jesus loved me the most. Like, flick, and I just fall over. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it has, and, and the comments on these YouTubes and stuff of people just being like, you know, first time a female comedian made me laugh, you know, just awful. It's like, whatever. Yeah. I have to say, well, I, bet, I bet though, time in my life. I bet, I bet, I bet we're going to look at it in just a second here, but I bet the juicy scoop yeah. world rushed in to support you. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that was so funny. Cause when I was at the hospital, the security came and they're like, you know, um, we put you on celebrity status and we want to make sure that, you know, people aren't going to come up, you know, do you need any special protocol? I'm like, um, I probably just have some like Phoenix moms that like want to bring me some cookies. <laughs> like I don't have like a psycho, you know, I'm not Brett Michaels who actually happened to, that's where he went when he had his like brain situation was the same hospital. And they're like, Oh, do you want to see the oh, Brett wow. Michaels room? He donated some uh, guitars <sighs> here. So I'm like, no, I, you don't need to worry about like rock a love type of crowd here. I'm, you know, <laughs> I just have some classy moms that might want to like see how I'm doing. Yeah. Bring flowers. 90 day fiance. Exactly. Fans or uh, yeah. or uh, housewife fans. Well, let, let's, let's watch. Exactly. Susan, do you have any questions for Heather before I go to the video? Oh, here? I'm just, you know, I'm so glad she's okay. I'm, you know, I, my dad had a subdural hematoma and he had a surgery, you know, for it. Cause mm -hmm. he fell in and, um, he went back to work a week later. Like he was like, I gotta go back to the hardware store. So, um, yeah, he, but you, you can bounce back. He seemed to be okay even after the surgery. And, so and I, I know it was a uh, cheap, uh, but I'm glad it wasn't worse. Your, your I'm husband, so glad. Your husband, who you've called cheap and a slave driver that puts you right back up on the podcast. But, but Caleb, I want you to yep. jump in and tell me, tell Heather what you told me. Oh, how that was absolutely genius. You, you hit it while the news was hot. <laughs> like I saw you, I woke up this morning to you on the front page of yahoo.com and immediately the first result is your own podcast. So Great job. You couldn't have planned it better. Heather Great was like, timing. Heather was like, who did that? I said, her, her husband made her do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, at least, at least she gets a benefit from it. I know, but I don't, I would hate for something horrible to happen to you. I was just like, I was stunned. I was like, I saw it. I was like, oh no, oh no, this is, this is so, I, I didn't look at social I know. media. And I, having, of, and I was having, and I was having such a fun that, weekend. Yeah. yeah. One of your fans called me, uh, let me know. So that was nice. Uh, yeah, it was okay. one of our our yeah. our community, your Patreon our followers. crossover community between locals, uh, Ask Doctor Drew and Juicy Scoop. There's a little bit of overlap there, <laughs> and so we get, I love we get, it. God, love it because I Drew was in the shower and I was yeah, she I was, was in the shower. She goes, "Get out! Yeah, look at this video. <laughs> like, you got to call Heather." I'm like, "She's in the hospital. I'm, I don't want to be one of these people that's calling her in the hospital." I said, "Call so, Peter." So I called Peter. Yes. No, we appreciated um, that we were able to talk to you. Yeah, that was helpful. No problem. So I was worried uh, that it was some, we, we've seen some weird vaccine reactions and most of them have been benign, but mm -hmm. fainting is one of those things. 
And I had worried that there was something to do with that, which I still worry about it because you've never fainted before. And what's a healthy adult fainting all of a sudden? I mean, straight away fainting. That's weird. And there is something called POT syndrome. Those of you who had it after COVID or after the vaccine know that we get these problems from the spike protein that change our ability to modulate our blood pressure. It's called POTTS, POT syndrome. It's sort of an autonomic dysfunction. And I suspect you had some little version of that. And like you said, had you not been up on stage, you could have sat down and put your head between your legs and probably been just fine. But that you were up there with no place to go, you pushed through, boom, and that's it. Your pressure dropped and let's take a look at it. And I mean, okay, go ahead. Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice, so nice. Oh. Boom. You were already unconscious, do you see that? Your head was flipping yeah. back before you got to the ground. Um, and then I saw where Jesus came down and flicked you, though. I saw that. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, this is the whole tape. This is where people. Yeah. 911. Wow. So right. there you go. And, and you were about to say something before the tape. You want to finish that thought? Um, I, I can't remember what we were saying before. So hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. Yeah. I'm, I got the chills and I just, I just was like, I was watching you breathe. I was just like, thank God she's breathing. But her arm was moving, Drew. You know how you yeah. say, went like, yeah, my arm was kind of like, my arm was doing something weird. Yeah. Yeah. People get weird like posturing. Like well, they'll get, they'll, they'll go, oh, to go like this. They'll kind of go, they go into this sort of motorcycle pose when they, when they hit their head. Sort of a common thing. It's kind of I a seizure thing. I ask you, so we looked back and I did get the booster. Um, Mm -hmm. which I had double Pfizer and Moderna booster um, mm -hmm. three weeks to the day of the fall. I is there yeah. anything that you've seen about time-wise? Because, uh, you know, when I asked the doctors two to, about two to that, three. they said, oh, normally. Okay, go ahead. Two to, two to three weeks. Two to three weeks is where you see really? a lot of this stuff. I have a friend. I have a friend that got the booster and he is he got really destroyed by it. He still can't walk across the room. He's having all kinds of symptoms. There's a lot of funny stuff. Uh, we don't really know what it all is and where it's coming from, but it's still worth doing it. I, I'm not I'm not at the point where I'm saying that it's it's still worth the risk, but it's got a lot of funny side effects and and syncope. It's called fainting is one of them, and I think it's yeah. from the pot syndrome, P O T T S. And so, you know, I was worried. Mm. What I wanted to check was to make sure you didn't have any evidence of myocarditis. Um, you know, when you were, you which were, is, you know, that's why I wanted that, which is an inflammation of the heart and it changes the way the heart muscle okay. functions a little bit. And that's, that's why I was red hot on that echocardiogram. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, what can I do now? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get the fourth booster though. I will say that. There, there is not. Yeah, I, there's not yet evidence. There's not I'm science done. for that I yet. I'm done right now. If you were eighty, if you were eighty, we'd be talking. I, I literally talked about it to my seventy-five and eighty-year-old patients this morning that I was telling them, eh, "I think you're going to probably need it. You don't need it. There's no evidence for that." But the other thing that happened is you got a multi-million-dollar stroke workup, man. They did so much. They did an MRI, MRA. They did you know vascular studies of your neck and your heart. They they did a great, huge workup on you. You must have been in that MRI scanner a lot. Yeah, I think I went in a couple times. And then the, they did ultrasound for the heart and the neck area. You know, they came yeah. in and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, that was my scary thing when they were like, okay, you're going to spend the night in the ICU. And I was like, oh, geez, you know? And then they're like, and we have to give you this sponge bath and all this stuff so that you're ready to go in case we have to do a procedure. And I was like, whoa, I, am I going to wake up with like a shaven head and you guys are going to like do an emergency brain surgery? Like, that's what I was like, do I need my husband here? Because I, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to die. But like, and then they were like, no, 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 that, that won't happen. And I was like, okay. Cause I was scared. Like, do I have some ticking time bomb? Do I have some brain tumor I didn't know about? I mean, that is what I was initially thinking when I was like on the way to the hospital. Right. And then so they, of course, really and that can happen know. that way. Yes. Yes. It can happen that way. And mm -hmm. they check that very, very carefully. The, the issue with your subdural, which is a bleeding right under the skull is sometimes they do have to put a hole in your skull and drain it, but not when they're real small. So you must have a very small one that those resorb on their own. Are they, are they following, are you needing yeah. a follow-up scan another week or two? No scan, just like a conversation because the next day I did a scan and they said it's already starting to heal. So it'll just heal naturally. And, you know, fortunately, like there was no open wound or anything. So I was right. really lucky in that respect. Wow. Well, listen, we, I wow. just, we wanted to just do a checkup on you. I, I appreciate you stopping by. Everybody go to Juicy Scoop. Uh, is, it, is there an episode coming online tonight? Um, yeah, there's a new episode that you can listen to right now, and then there'll be another one uh, first thing, you know, Thursday with Sarah Colonna, where we um, talk we talk about some fun stuff. Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, that movie, and Tinder Swindler, and some more fun stuff. But you know, it's a uh, it's all juicy scoop. It's uh, listen to it whenever you are free to every Tuesday and Thursday. Give us. Give us a juicy scoop. I saw you in front of uh, the Salt Lake City Church for uh, what's her name. That that seemed to be a moment for well, you. Well, that <laughs> okay. So the Real Housewives of Salt Lake have an actual church leader. This woman who, if you are a Christian, she acts about the least Christian way you can. She's cruel. She's mean. She only wears designer clothes. She calls people fat and everything else. Anyway, so we go to her church, which is now boarded up, and her tagline oh. is. If you come for me, I'll send Jesus for you. So I just did a big, long episode exposing her as a cult leader and like all the things that her weird church does. So everyone's like, do you think Mary sent Jesus for you? I'm like, yes, she did. And he came down and he flicked me. <laughs> he flicked you straight away. And, and listen, uh, on this podcast, uh, on this streaming show, we thought of you the other day. Uh, we interviewed uh, Stefanka, Stephanie from uh, 90 Days, yeah. 90 Day Fiance. Do you know who she is? Smart job, Yes, girl. yes, I remember her. Yeah, yeah. How's she doing? She's she's fine. You should interview her. She, she'd she come on in a millisecond, I'm sure. She's got... Uh, okay. Cool. As always, there's a whole lot more... From her fart jar NFTs. Yeah, fell, selling her fart jars. And, and as always, there's oh, a lot recovered? more going on than... So can she can she no longer produce the farts health wise? So she it's complicated. She really didn't have anything going on. The farts didn't really cause her a health problem, but she has a long history of something called aplastic anemia, which is a really dangerous uh, uh, bone marrow disease. And so she's on immunosuppressives and all this stuff. And she thought, you know what? I, I don't want to screw myself up anymore. Uh, she switched it to something else. Kayla, do you remember what else she's selling now? She's yeah, there's she's, NFTs. She's, she's got, so she's got Instead yeah, of like physically NFTs, having to fart do jar it. NFTs. Yeah, exactly. She sells the NFTs yeah. of the fart jar. Amazing. <laughs> kind of genius. Well, you know, kind of genius. You know, 
I is it as genius as selling this? Yes. Well, talk to your friend Susan about that. Talk Look to at your... that, ladies. <laughs> you I, I have a Doctor Drew bobblehead. I, I want to know. I want to know. Wait, I want to get in the camera. I want to know. It's um, in there. Do your kids have this? And how weird if it was like in their bedroom staring at them when they have a date over, like <laughs> just like hello. You're, you're giving me you're you're giving me ideas, but actually uh, that'd yeah. be a cool vibrator. I know, Susan, you know, like if we were together right now, I'd just like go down on you with this face right here. <laughs> so, so, Save it for after dark. So, so Heather, you can at least claim the head injury. My wife walks, thinks and talks like that without head injury. So you can say I, I'm de-repressed. I say up with things me, Heather. Oh, my God. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I was hitting the head. Susan's like that all the time. <laughs> she doesn't get hit in the I head and then it. that's how she talks. God. God knows what would happen. She'd be like one of those old men that just grabs at people when oh, you shut walk up. by that's the wheelchair. You. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so, um, so oh, all God. right, listen, we'll let you go. Uh, Susan, yes, anything else for Heather? You before so it, it, you, I think you need to have Susan on Juicy Scoop because God knows what you'll get out of her. No, no, so. I miss you very yes, much. And and I, I'm glad you're okay. Yes, and, and you what? We'll do dinner soon. Let's do a dinner soon. Right, yes, let's right. do dinner. and. We're not doing anything okay. for Super Bowl. We're being old, lazy people right. in front of our TV. All right, with a take glass it easy. Wine. Go home. We'll we'll uh, see you very right. soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for stopping by. The great Heather McDonald, everybody. What what is her Instagram? Let's get the Instagram out. At Heather McDonald. The Instagram is at Heather McDonald. Okay. And again, put it up there if you would uh, on the banner, uh, Caleb, just so we have it up for a minute because I people get. Oh, I still hear her. Uh, MC, what? there you are. MC, <laughs> do I know they do. No, not Mac. She is one MC. of the, she's one of the top podcasts in comedy, and you, consistently, yes, she's she's got the highest reviews. She's very very popular and has a great comedy um, we, show and as well. We've been lucky to be in with her and her friends, who are also comedians, and had some yeah. really fun times. With We're going to hang out with them in June. We're going to go to the wine festival in Catalina. Oh, I was thinking about her right as she John she, and. Uh, and, and um, yes, um, Sarah. I think Sarah. Yeah, Kelowna. But um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad we're friends. I don't, I can't remember how we met. Did we meet Heather McDonald? Yeah, you met her on your show on HLN, no, right? No, I'm. I used to go on uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, that's right. You were on Chelsea. And she was in the round table. She was in the original Chelsea Handler. All I think it was the, time. the first week. I mean, I was ridiculously on yeah. in every show. Uh, and yeah, I didn't. That her was one show is, I didn't kill. What's that? It's still on camera. What? I, I, it's her husband. Well, put him back. Camera. Bring him back. Bring him back. Do you need him back. Hi, Peter. What's going on? You want to say hi? You couldn't resist? I don't know if you're Peter. Zoo. He, he may not we have can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear Peter no wants mics. to be, no he mics. wants to get the glasses so he can say it's a Peter bobblehead. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't hear you. Goodbye. Bye. Can't. I love so, Peter. You see how he looks Peter like we're going to sell this bobblehead without glasses. Peter's a lot the, of get on that and you can sell the Peter bobblehead. Peter's the mastermind behind Heather's success. And Indeed. they've been together. They work together and they, you know, support each other. It's it, They're such a cute couple. I really love it. Yeah. And so, she, the, but where I really got to know and Heather. And he sails. So we, we get to go sail. Yeah. Where, where I really got to know Heather on, if you remember, there was a show called like After Lately or After Chelsea or something. Yeah. Remember when they had their yeah. own, the writers yeah. had their own show? That I did a bunch with Heather and that's how kind of we got to know each other. And then I 
brought her back. She was on my, your HLN show. When I have my HLN show. So we've got the great Mike Carano standing by. We'll get to him in just a second. First little break. Be right back. Let's talk about our friends at Hydrolyte. I can't say enough about Hydrolyte. You hear me talk about them all the time. It gets me through workouts and medical procedures and colonoscopies. And COVID, it absolutely contributed to my recovery from COVID. Hydration is key to feeling healthy. And there's never been a time when that could be more important. We're in the height of cold flu season. Every headache has got you testing for COVID. Staying hydrated can keep the questionable symptoms at bay, and there's nothing better than Hydrolyte to get it done. Taking their hydration formula one step further, now there is Hydrolyte Plus Immunity. It starts with their fast-absorbing electrolytes and adds a host of great ingredients, plus each single-serve, easy-pour drink mix contains 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C and 300 milligrams of elderberry extract. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity comes in convenient, easy-pour powder sticks that rapidly dissolve in water to make a great-tasting drink that is a 75% less sugar than your typical sports drink. It uses all-natural flavors. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, caffeine-free, non-GMO, and even vegan. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity is also now available in ready-to-drink bottles at the Walmart next to the pharmacy, or as always, you can find it by visiting hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew. That is H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E dot com slash Dr. Drew. And be sure to use that code Dr. Drew 25 at checkout for a special discount. And we are back. Heather McDonald, thank you for stopping by and saying hi to us. Oh, and that is Mike Carano. Mike, why don't we bring you right in? Mike Carano. Do we have audio? Am I all right? I, we have audio. Yes, I, I hear you. I, there you are. How are you, sir? Does it sound all right? Is it this microphone or is it these Perfect. headphones? I think it's your mic in front of you because I heard yours tapping. It, it clicked, yeah. yeah. And, and, You're kind of close, good. though. Can you back up a little bit? <laughs> your head's too I've big, according to Susan, so back up. There's the microphones in here. And well, it, I want you to know, you sound, for any of them. you sound better than most people do, so it's good. You're getting yeah, good you sound, sound good, but I can't see the top of your head. So you mean my dulcet you to tones back or up the actual audio Can quality. you just turn, are you like doing this? it off your computer? Or there you go. Back, that's a little better. And then and then point the camera the up towards your head a little bit. Oh, okay, forget point, it. Point it up a little bit more. I don't we'll like cut, that. Let's just cut off. You're going to see my bald. Cut that's off it. Drew's head. I don't like people looking at now that. We can't. Now I see it. <laughs> I can see it when you bend over. Cutting off the head is fine. All right, perfect. Well, Susan gets really oh, weird about, about matching boxes. I just don't boxes. like when, like, one person, I mean, you're a photographer, and I watch a lot of, mm. you know, these Zoom things on the news and stuff. And when they have, like, the guest face so close, and then the hosts are way in the back, I just find that just drives me crazy. So there you and go. I keep telling Caleb, make well, in that case, head bigger. Because I'm a rebel. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's better. That's it's good. Any way I can give the old so, F to anybody. I'm yeah. making my job easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caleb's Sorry, chasing Caleb. you. I know, but it just looks weird. So like, how have you been? I haven't talked to you forever. What's going on? Give us an update. I know. I, I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. I uh, I got a cat, and it's been very disruptive to my gypsy freewheeling lifestyle. And I kid you not. I I'm not embellishing one bit. It's completely changed my life, and not for the better. Oh, I don't okay. want him to hear me say that. We have a we have a cat coming. I love to him. Today. I love him. On, on an airplane right now, and he hasn't peed yeah. for six hours, yeah. so it's going to be really interesting. Drew and I are going to go to the airport with the Land Cruiser. I have a cat box in the back, oh. and I'm going to park, and mm -hmm. you're going to go get her, and you guys are going to like escort the cat in, like it's you know, like it's landing royalty, the plane, landing the damn plane, so I can jump in the back of the yeah. car and take a dump. <clears throat> 
I feel so bad. I don't know how long. Yeah, that cat's going to be shaken up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he was already kind of a mess. He just he had a urinary obstruction pee. too. So yeah, but but she's got him all, all you know. How much of that dated? Yeah, a lot. Do you want to know? A lot. Should I tell her? Insane. Should I say it over, over the internet? Because well, I'm so. twelve hundred okay. bucks into my free. No, cat no, right don't. Now. No, I'm. Oh <laughs> yeah. So so we're we're keeping up with you. Let's 4, just put it that way. Forty-five hundred. I know it better. I That's was like, that cat better live, Paulina. But it was in Manhattan. Hey. Okay. To be fair, hey what, Mike? it was in a snowstorm. She had to take it from Brooklyn to to Midtown mm -hmm. and put it in an ER for two days because there was a snowstorm and nobody could go out. So it might have been cheaper if it didn't have to stay the night, the extra night in the snow because New York was basically shut down. Hey, what, Mike? You were trying to say something. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I've been through, I've run the gamut on trying to keep my cat satisfied and avoid him being bored. I've got mm -hmm. in here right now, I've got three, four cat tents. I've got two cat perches. I've got a $400 cat wheel he can run on. Probably 30 toys on the ground, scratchy pads, all these kitchen implements. And then I went with the laser toys. And the laser oh. toys are a friggin' nightmare. Do not do it. Don't do it. Why, no. why? He got so why, hyped why? up by the laser. He went. He went in the kitchen and hyperventilated, like laying on the ground going <laughs> for five minutes. And I thought he was going to die. And then I gave it two days and I tried to wear him out. This is like three days ago. I tried to wear him out and I there's a robot laser that shoots it on the floor. And he took it as the most, the biggest threat any living creature could imagine and fought it for like four minutes, never caught it, obviously, and then went in and had diarrhea and threw up. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. So her cat avoid the laser. Up a lot too. <laughs> oh, come on. on my white carpet. He's so busy now. It keeps so yeah, busy. that'll cost me mm. another six hundred dollars to clean. But but mm. maybe if you need to dump a few of those free toys, you can bring one over for Jack. Yeah, we'll take them. Got a lot. I've got a lot. The uh, by the way, I don't. I think <laughs> the uh, idea of having white carpet is the most pretentious thing anyone can possibly do. I know I got talked into it by a designer, and it's the only thing I hated about her. I the mean, she was carpet. really good. Yeah. Would you I get white interior white. on your car? No. And I said, why are you putting in white? Because you should. And I was like, oh. And then I got talked into it. I really did. And I fought it the whole way. So Where is it? In your room? with my instinct. New York. It's the in the it apartment. In it doesn't have animals in it. Oh, yes. It wasn't supposed to have okay. animals in it, okay? It was just a short stay by the kitty. And by animals, we're including our children <laughs> and other young people. And yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I have another animal in there today. <laughs> and, and so, Mike, you, you put up a, a video uh, of the week after Susan's dad passed away and she was having to run his hardware store and liquidate it and all. I didn't put it up. That was um, a private link for you guys. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. Well, I told everybody well, where Susan to go. Well, Susan put it up. I <laughs> know. <So. laughs> well, you can share it, but it's a private could... link. Of course. Okay, okay. It makes yeah, no sense so otherwise. I, I, it, it really touched me. It was fun to see, and you're very funny, and I wanted to tell you that was a pipe machine for, you know, threading galvanized okay. pipe. Okay. He, had, he, he could literally, he had, he had a machine where he could put the threads on any pipe. So he would cut so the length of the, of yeah. the yeah. metal, you know, the, the galvanized pipe. When we used to 
we were allowed to do galvanized pipe back in the before when copper I, and plastic and all that stuff. And then he would cut it whatever length they needed and he would thread it. So it was just this, and he was a, uh, an engineer. He was a aeronautic engineer. So he had like all this crap in his garage too, like that. He had like lathes and these machines and that thing was just, it was such a cool thing. I mean, I couldn't use it. Oh, so frame, not as cool as the key making machine. I still have that, Mike. Key-making you can have it. Garage. You, you can it? have it. Oh, that's so funny because I was going to say I should have bought that thing because I would like to have a key making machine just sitting in the corner. How much do you want for it? I have it. You, you would make a, an amazing cat toy. The cat would go insane with all the keys. Literally, would go vomit in the kitchen. Oh again. yeah, yeah. So with you have all to the be careful with that. Of, uh, oh my god, I had to clean up. Is, so is it much time to get rid of the key machine? Key Susan? shavings. I mean, when I walked into his hardware store, the whole area was just covered with key shavings. I like had to put it all in like a box and like clean it up. And I kept a little piece of it. And when he, when I got his ashes, I mixed. I made a little box on the side, and I put his ashes in with the key shavings. And he's, he's he's admitting this. He's actually publicly. now. Did he have an affinity actually, towards making the, keys? He just made keys until he died, literally. And he, I had to make them too when people okay. came in every day. And um, I literally I stuck it in the safe, and it's in my garage. So if you want the key machine, so, so it has you, the safe. you have to. Yeah. Are you prepared has, to get rid of that? Uh, that key machine or, or is, is it i don't know if mike really it? wants it i mean jews like that so it's so you got to come over and check it out i'll teach you i'll teach you how to make something it. you want to sell I, I would mm. okay well, i'd like to come have on it over you gotta take a look back, you can have it back it's a lot of work the, to to make that thing i'll show it to you it's pretty funny oh i'm not gonna use it i love it i love it too Oh, and then it has all those like keys hanging on it and the top that, that go to cars that mm -hmm. don't even exist mm -hmm. anymore. It's hysterical. It's I, it's yeah. so classic. I don't know. I loved it. And so, Mike, normally you have lots of questions for me, about, especially when long periods of time have passed between our conversations. Uh, are you are you so preoccupied I'm, uh, with your I'm trying cat? trying to come up that... with a story that's as good as me fall, falling down and getting a concussion and losing and having two black eyes. <laughs> you, you don't have to compete with that. You don't have to compete with that. Please don't. Uh, normally, but normally you do have kind of interesting kinds of ideas and, and that well, the, I did uh, slam uh, my penis are back in... in the bathroom door once. Oh, congratulations. I'm Ow. happy for you. I didn't, I didn't really turn out okay. I did, you know what no. I did do? I no, did stab didn't. my testicles with a stick when I was a kid. Of course you I did. I was running as with a croquet mallet and it caught on the ground and it, it penetrated my testicles. Oh. So it that's penetrated why I have childhood it. trauma right there. Mm -hmm. Did you have to have sutures? Yep. I sure did. I'm amazed you. I'm amazed you never mentioned this. Now, usually when that happens to young males, the testicle actually kind of falls out a little bit. Did you actually have the testicle outside the Mine sack? Became okay. You're turning my stomach right now because I'm very sensitive about that. <laughs> but uh, mine became okay. more attractive. Believe it or not, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, that that did happen. That really did happen. I was probably seven or eight years old. It was horrible. It was horrible. And you didn't have any plastic surgery on it to make it even more attractive, uh, like a. You know, I, I you know Dartos, what? Uh, tightening your Dartos I tunic. It. I had a lift. I had a lift. A yes. Dartos tunic lift. It's like one big. <laughs> Just you know, much more attractive. So people know that the the, yeah. the Dartos tunic is this thick layer in the testicle that gives the wrinkly. It's called the Dartos tunic. And uh, sounds good. Yeah, mm -hmm. thought you'd like that. Um, I, I can. I, it sounds you know, like a Star my, Wars character. Yeah, <laughs> with my childhood trauma. Okay, you, we had. You, uh, you tore your perineum. No, we had archers in the family, so they 
they bought my my brother a bow and arrow and I was about three or two, two or three, and was running down the hall with an arrow in my mouth and fell on it. Oh God. <laughs> I don't remember it. it go? That's a delay, everybody. But right I there. heard the story. Oh. Yeah. I know. I don't know what they did. Oh my god. It, but oh, did it go I'm in your sure throat? It hurt. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. How it didn't go into her brainstem will never maybe it That's did. Like a funny story something. that my parents used to tell. Oh, remember the time when you fell on an arrow? And I was this like, when, This is when kids were what? kids and parents were parents. What? I did what? It's sitting back yeah. smoking, talking about the time oh, you my, fell on the arrow hey, we had we gave you. My dad that was hysterical. My dad is still the same guy. My dad's still the same guy. I swear to God. This is like, I, my, he's, he's 17 now. So it was when my nephew was five or six. We were looking for him at family dinner. And he was downstairs with my dad. And we went down there. And my dad had him sitting on a piece of wood with a, with a gun shooting at a, at a target like 50 feet away inside. Oh, my, my brother lost. My brother lost his mind. He likes. He needs to wear eye protection. And my dad says he doesn't need eye protection. It's fine. Uh, wow, that's a, that's a good Corona story. Something when I was a don't. child, uh, we would go to a park. We would go to a park in Tucson, Arizona, and one of my friends, the only friend who was strong enough to actually pull back a compound bow that his dad had would get, I don't know if you've ever pulled a bow that's compound. It's very difficult at first. And then you get to this easy point due to physics, apparently, and it comes back easy. But we would shoot arrows up in the air and just sit like this on the ground waiting oh. for them to come down. Oh, oh. oh my God. So, once a genius, always a I genius. Kinda, I think you won up me. <laughs> so, you are actually a conscious person. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you got like, shot what, in what the they throat with called the arrow. Greek warriors? All right. <laughs> I was a child running with an a, arrow in your it. mouth. <laughs> that that's wow. a, that's the title of like Susan. Wow. That's the title of Susan's autobiography. <laughs> just you know, <laughs> running with an it's arrow in my true. mouth. It's kind of yeah. It, it does depict my life. <laughs> taking chances. And, and uh, so, Mike, uh, are you still doing any trauma therapy? I haven't. Done, I haven't been to therapy for about a year, but I think I'm going to go back for a little touch up, as they like to call it. Explain to people, because well, I'm always talking about trauma treatment. You, you have a really good experience with it yeah. and a very vivid experience with it. Explain to people what it was like, uh, EMDR-type treatment, trauma treatment. I, I didn't buy into it the first couple of visits. It didn't seem like it was doing anything. It seemed comical. You sit with these buzzers and you talk to your therapist. Or you think for like a minute and a half while the buzzers are going off, and then you discuss what you were thinking about. The third time I did it, I had what and I hate this terminology, but I had an absolute breakthrough experience that was unlike anything in my life. And it shook me up to the point where I genuinely thought she did something to my brain. Like she hurt me in the long run because I had a piercing headache. It lasted for days on end. I was shaken up like to my core for days. And then things just got tremendously better. And we had a couple of lesser experiences like that, but it, I can, promise that it changed my perception of the, the reason I was going there in a big way. It was, it was kind of amazing. It, it, I mean, the idea yeah, of how it, it is amazing. It, was fascinating. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's getting you, you know access to parts of your, yep. Go ahead. Well, it's funny. It's funny because stuff came up that I never, I, 
you know, you know my history. And there was a point when my brother and his wife had a baby and we were all sitting around with the baby. And my sister said, imagine doing to him what our mom did to us. And that began a 10-year experience of us all bonding over the stuff that we went through. And in, in, in the EMDR therapy, stuff came up that we had never discussed. Like we would go, did she do, really do this? And we'd be like, yeah, she did that to me. And it was, and, and I'm not trying to just sit here and blame my dead mom for everything right now to, you know, what's going to happen now. But it was fascinating that you somehow have the ability to bury stuff that might be a big deal. And some of the stuff was a huge deal. And I think about it now, and I'm like, that's kind of funny that we just tuned that out. And it came up. And then once you well, have to face it, you can re find resolve in it. And it's, I guess it's good. I guess it's good. It's, it's, it's literally that it's a, a, it's a survival mechanism that causes you to wall off from it. You just push it down and back. Mm -hmm. And then when you ax and when you, and what you're talking about is regaining access to that access to the part of yourself, yeah. the material, and, and you're coming at it from a place where there's somebody there with you so they can support you through it. You can regulate okay. it and build it and sort of figure it out. And, and funny, I've talked to your therapist a couple of times since you told me that first story. And she says, and I don't want to scare anybody from uh, EMDR or trauma therapy, that it always is bad. It's always tolerable. They only make it tolerable for you and they, and they, and you always get better. But she said some people, it's not uncommon for people to say, you broke my brain. You broke something, which is yeah. one of the things I think you were saying. That's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was losing my mind. I was like, this really effed me up. Something's really wrong in here. It felt like there was a snap. But mm -hmm. I don't think everybody has that experience. But like you, you just told me that I might be wrong about that. You know what? Here's the question that has been in my mind for a long, long time. I've seen mm -hmm. the change happen when I recognize my bad habits, when I recognize the issues as to why I do things. But I don't understand why I need to recognize that stuff for me to make a change. Like, why do I need to understand my bad behavior is based on this, based on my fear because of this as a child, or based on my anger because of this as a child? Like, why do I need to understand that to get over it? I don't. I don't get that. I, I don't. I don't think you do. I. I don't think you do. That's not actually the way it works. Great. Uh, you. 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 Yeah. No. 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 Listen. Listen. You, insight is important, so you understand what's happening to you. But what's actually happening is. There's a part of yourself that's demanding attention and is unregulated and you can't access it. And the EMDR gives you access. It's that simple. And once you have access, it can come into the rest of your central nervous system and regulate. So it's not there driving all those bad behaviors. So it's not the insight that makes you stop the behaviors. It's the access to that part of yourself that was hurt that's now in with the whole. Yeah. Does that make sense? And and just yeah. going, well, oh, I see. Mom hit me. Mom hit me. Therefore, that's why I'm aggressive. That will not make you not aggressive. That will not help. That might make you go, oh, okay. that's why I drink. But but it doesn't matter because you got to stop drinking and go to AA anyway. And you just got to live a certain kind of life. Mm -hmm. The insight is not going to make you stop drinking. You've seen that a million times in the program, right? They 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 don't all the insight in the world doesn't make you stop using drugs or stop doing drugs. But when you gain access, really integrated access to that part of your nervous system, you can then start to be integrated as a whole and it settles down a lot of the emotions and motivations that are fucked up. Okay, so then, well, 
a moment ago you said you don't need to access it and now that you're implying that you do need no to i'm saying uh, you're saying you're saying the cognitive process of understanding i got injured that's why i drink oh that'll help me stop okay. drinking no yeah. it won't no it won't you know that it won't okay. you okay. have to stop okay. drinking and live a certain kind of life but i mean as and by the same token yeah and by the same token seeing that oh i had trauma as a childhood doesn't do anything that that just tells you you got to do some work where you gain access to that part of yourself so again it's regulated not that it's okay. understood that it's actually accessed it's actually you're it's part of you now as opposed yeah. to off somewhere in the it, distance it, it does bring comfort at times knowing that when i'm scared or when i act out there the reason i'm doing it is because i'm afraid of because of something that happened or because i'm again afraid of the response on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do like yeah. understanding that the reason I'm yeah. so scared yeah. inside of everything is because I didn't feel safe at this point or whatever. I do like that. That's right. And 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 sometimes that diminishes its power. You know what I mean? If you want it to stop because of the insight, no, nah, it doesn't really happen. But it, it diminishes its power. It can make you sometimes stop and go, maybe I can change my behavior around this this time. You know, it makes you stop and mm -hmm. go, you know. And, and 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 it and it, as you gain more and more access to it, you also some of the feelings about the perpetrators start to settle down. You know what I mean? So your feelings of you get that's what I hear. I wonder what, what yeah. You, you wonder when that's going to happen. Well, it's also you know what, <laughs> what that feels like. I, I've accepted. Well, let me tell you, I've accepted this this a little bit of insight into forgiving her, and it's not like who am I to forgive somebody but I've accepted to a point, I haven't done this fully, but that she did the best job she could with her mental illness. And what am I gonna, yeah. you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? People don't That's intentionally right. go, right. I'm gonna be the worst person ever, because nobody nobody who's not severely mentally ill would do that. And it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think it's uh, it brings great relief. And it That's gives exactly me the freedom to screw about. with someone else. Which is what I'm looking a, for. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> you made Caleb Brett crack up. No, it's exactly what I was what I was saying, which is that you go. There's nothing okay about what she did. Nothing doesn't not okay at all. But she was sick. What are you going to do? She, you know, yeah. I, mean, I was the one yeah. that was there. I'm I'm unhappy that I was there, but I, I can't be resentful and blaming and all those things that I was, which. Then, yeah. if you hold on to all that shit, it colors how you see other people. And if you can find sort of a yeah. way to understand what happened to you, unfortunately, nothing right about it, nothing okay, it, it changes your feeling about yourself, changes your feeling about other people, which is really important. Yeah, you want to hear right? something crazy that I never thought I would say, which mm -hmm. is bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, I did not have a pleasant time with my mom for, I'm guessing, uh, 40, 45 years maybe. Like it was never pleasant mm. ever. I would drive to San Diego and I'd be on, Hey, want to, want me to come in and hang out for a few minutes? I'm outside. Yeah, I don't really feel like it. That's how she treated it every week after I drove two and a half hours for a decade. But lately for the first time, I've actually been missing her, which is so bizarre. Like, what am I missing? I, I don't understand it. It wasn't like there's all these pleasant memories, but I, I feel sad that she's not here and I wish she was still around. So, so wait a minute, you, you, did you have a positive, yeah, did you have a positive experience with her before she died? No. Oh yeah, I did. Right before, like I, I mm -hmm. went over to visit her, she was reluctant and I was reluctant and I went over to visit her and I looked at her and I went, she's going to die right now. 
And I told my brother, I go, you got to come over. Mom's going to die. And we all came over and I, I went over to her and said, I loved you. I love you. And I gave her a kiss and that wasn't the norm. And I left and the next morning she died, you know? I mean, Joe, my brother, Joey called me and said, she's on a gurney and they're pumping her chest. You know, what's funny about it mm. though, is she was again, very, very, very mentally ill. And I don't know if pathological is the worst, but it was all a lie. Everything was a lie for attention or for whatever reason. And as the guy is putting her in the ambulance, she blurts out, I have COVID and they straight on <laughs> my brother and wouldn't let him in the hospital. And that was the end. Oh, Oh my God. She didn't have COVID. Oh, she awful. never left her apartment. She never went out. She had no visitors, but that's what she decided to yell out for attention at the last second. And that kept anyone from visiting her or being there. It's kind of yeah, funny. It really is uh, to everyone's detriment when somebody with an illness doesn't get it treated. She suffers, you suffer. I mean, that's the part that gets me is that people are allowed to go along with illnesses that the longer they go untreated, the more recalcitrant they become. And we just let people go into these Absolutely. horrible states where they they are they couldn't be more miserable, and the people around them are destroyed. There's something wrong with how we do that. That we we need to adjust that a little bit. Seems it, to me there is there is something wrong, but it becomes so burdensome and so frustrating when you never see a bit of change that you just withdraw. Like you you eventually yeah. go. I have a life to lead. I can't be the caretaker for you. And my sister was the caretaker for her forever. And, uh, you know, uh, weekly phone calls from my sister. I just got to unload and tell you what mom did. And it was, it was, you know, it was insane. It was, it was in so insane. You wouldn't do, it's not a normal thing. It was just like, geez, Louise, what the hell is wrong with her? But it was too late. There was never going to be an awakening. There was never going to be a, a slow recovery. Well, certainly after all the years of all that, I mean, it really becomes... Like I, I keep saying, you know, with with dementia, we have to rush in and help those people. They don't get better no matter what we do. But schizophrenics, drug addicts, yeah. bipolar, they get better right away if you treat them. And if you don't treat them, they become recalcitrant, yeah. and then they get brain yeah. damage and are never the same. And so it's ugh. But here, this is the world we live. Has there in. been an advance? So, so has there been a, an advance in schizophrenia medicine where they can have like a what I would consider to be like a time release where the person doesn't have to be oh, yeah. responsible for oh, yeah, administering. Yeah. Yes, yes, lots of stuff like that. Lots of things like that. Because it seems to me I often would hear stories about, yeah, but I would hear stories about people with schizophrenia. And, oh, by the way, before they killed all those people, they stopped taking their meds. And, like, right. I just wonder if there's a way to take that out of their hands. It, it, there is. The com compliance is the biggest problem with schizophrenia. They They always feel normal and that they don't need their meds anymore after a period of time. And unless you have a, some sort of court order or conservatorship, you can't do anything. And that's what's messed up right now. And that's a, mm -hmm. why you've got a, you know, streets filled with people that are deteriorating. Yeah, the, the, the part that, that this, you'd appreciate this too, the part that everybody misses on schizophrenia and drug addiction is these are untreated, even if a nurse is administering the fentanyl or the meth, these are progressive illnesses. They progress. They don't remain static. People will die. And I, I can't get can that you, through to anybody. Can you refresh my memory when you told me that alcoholism is progressive, what that meant exactly? That it has a, it, alcoholism is kind of a, a little bit of a special case in that 
the longer you maintain your relationship with alcohol, there is bound to be some slow increase in your consumption and increase in consequences. And consequences is really the main thing that progresses, frankly, that uh, you'll have more health problems, okay. you'll have more relationship problems. These things will progress. Now, they may not progress to demise with alcohol, and they can stop and start for mm -hmm. periods of time. And some people can kind of keep it under control, so it's sort of a low level. They they don't they don't they don't have yeah. to really progress. They can kind of control it a little bit. It's hard, but uh, but generally, it's a progress. If you're if you're untreated or if you're continuing the relationship, it progresses. That that's kind of how it goes. Now, how well, you fast you said it in relation depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah, but the you said it in relation to my my drinking. Like I said, well, I haven't drank in ten years, and you said, but it's a progressive disease. And I wondered what you meant by that. Like, what would happen if right well, now I go buy a six pack and a bottle of Jack Daniels? I mean, it, it, am again, I just going to pick the, up where I left the, off, or have, have I gone to a whole nother level with mental instability where it's going to be like crazy it, it, town, worse than before? It's you it, you in and around the I mean, program you'll he'll. he'll Good times. In and around the program, you'll hear people talk about the latter, that some that, that it's somehow worse because your disease has been, been doing push-ups. Not usually. Usually mm -hmm. the way it works is you you actually delude yourself that you can control it. You start using slowly and look, I'm fine. I'm great. I got this under control. And in a very short period of time, you back where you left off. Because there's sort of a there's sort of a, <laughs> a there's like, like a hedonic set point. There's like a set point in your brain. That the that it just takes you to if you have this illness and you've got to get there and it takes a little while yeah. to get there and then you start and then you keep progressing from there. So, that's, okay, that's I the thought most common I, I didn't think I didn't think hedonic could ever be a set point. I thought it was always moving. No, that's a, it's a there's a lot in there. I mean, I mean, what do you mean exactly? Like for instance, everybody has a like hedonic like if set I'm a point, hedonic you know? treadmill. But like a hedonic treadmill, hedonic like treadmill is something different. I, I just different. wish I had a it's boat, different. and then you get a boat, and you're like, now we wish I had a bigger boat. Now we wish yeah. I had a plane. Now we wish I had a bigger plane. Now I need right. to go to space. It just keeps right. on moving, no matter right. what you get. That's what I thought. Of, yes. that's what I thought. Hedonic. It, it does do that. That's applied. the progressive I didn't know part. It could be that, set. No, no. It, it, well, it's it's set. It's set in relation to alcohol because you've been absent for a long period of time. We, we can move on if it's set where you left off. Sense. We don't need to. Discuss. No, no, it is making sense. It's we don't need set, to discuss it's set where you left for off. Five minutes. It, 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 but no, it's an important okay. thing because okay. there's different kinds of hedonia, right? There, there is eudaimonic wellness, which is how do you lead a good life and be nourished and feel, you know, regulated and you know, be able to be uh, at service to other people. That's eudaimonia, and then there's there's hedonic euphoria or hedonic um what do they call it there's eudaimonic and hedonic uh happiness uh which is just the you know mm -hmm. the heroin addict has a very high high hedonic experience when they take their first hit but that's not a good life and it does keep moving as you say no, how now, can we I... have all kinds of hedonic set points we have all kinds right go ahead how can you how can i uh experience euphoria without taking drugs Well, I'm trying to convince you that hedonic euphoria is not a, necessarily a good thing. It's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's hard for me to hard for me to say euphoria is a bad thing. You, you but, can't say that. But, what but that there's can I something take more nourishing. Euphoria without. Yeah. Well, you're you're in, you're walking but, into a, for, a, a you're walking down a risky path with that because if you have addiction and alcoholism, 
it, it, it's going to require more and more and more to induce euphoria. So soon it's going to be jumping out of planes. It's going to be, you know, sexual addictions. It's going to be gambling. That's what addicts do. They find other ways to trigger that hedonic experience as opposed to going over to the more nourishing experience of eudaimonic happiness, which is service, regulation. I've been trying to kickstart my sexual life. addiction for years. I know. It's not worked so well. Um, it's not working out at all, but uh, no, <laughs> so, damn, shoot, yeah. No, I want to feel, I want to feel comfortable just willy nilly. Yeah, I, I know, but they, but there's other kinds of hedonic set points too, right? Like people, he, he people are happy. This, this is in the research. They're happy until they can compare themselves to somebody else. Then they're unhappy. They want what the other, that person has. Mm -hmm. So we have this sort of mimetic desire, yeah. some people call them. And by the same token, as you pointed out, we get used to everything. Our hedonic set point adjusts to wherever we are. So all of a sudden, it's I want yeah. a fast car. Yeah. I feel the same. Now I must need a jet. I feel the same. And that that's the unhealthy, yeah. yeah. non eudaimonic hedonia that we sort of pursue in this country a lot. That all make sense. And it's kind of funny. Yeah, well, it's it's also naturally built into you because it also shows up in the monkey world. We did an interview with a woman who did extensive tests on money and and monkeys, and I'm not mm -hmm. sure how she did that, but I do know that she said if you would give monkeys bananas, they were totally happy, and then you give another monkey a grape, the monkeys with the bananas didn't want the bananas anymore, and they would throw them on the ground because they wanted the grape because it seemed like it was a better option. Correct. So we're that, all that just effed up, term. and it's a big old joke, and whatever. That 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 right? is in the primate system. That, yeah. That we we will literally yeah. forego a reward to punish in some fashion or ostracize or whatever. I mean, this is all alive and well in social media right now. I mean, you see it all the time. That we yeah. would rather punish yeah. ourselves than take a reward if it can act out our essentially our envy. On another person, yeah. which is why yeah. there have been there's all these religious restrictions, religious um, sort of warnings about envy being this horrible emotion. It's one of the worst things that humans do. Envy yeah. is terrible. Yeah, what a way to drive you into craziness, being envious. You know the study. So much of it alive where, and well, and it's a pretty extensive. But you know the study where people buy a, a huge, a huge portion of the population that was surveyed would rather live in a neighborhood where they made $150,000 if all their neighbors made 100,000 than live in a neighborhood where they made 250,000 but their neighbors made 350,000. Correct. That's Doesn't that mean we're just broken there. species? Isn't that nuts? Well, there's a guy, well we goes back to the our, our primate heritage, you know, for some reason it some had some sort yeah. of adaptive advantage, I guess, but Yeah, we like to us. go into other countries um, and kill each other all the time too. Well, that's I know, another and I don't impulse, mean to be but, I don't mean to be crude. Mm. But is, it, is this whole thing just a big dick contest? Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and so um, that's what Freud thought. He sort of distilled it down to that kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. That seems a little simplistic to me and not really biological the way we understand it anymore. There's also a guy named Rene Girard. Wait. Who, uh, it seems extremely what? biological biological and likely seems, to me seems that it's built seems into anatomical it's like, look at me, me, me look at this well maybe 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 it seems anatomical and symbolic rather than biologic to me you know what i'm saying and and so yes there's a and, and you're right I, there's some of that in there i i believe there is some of it in there or something like that in there however, however we conceive of that 
but I feel like the biological systems are so much more complicated than just something simply symbolic like that. But there's another game, a guy named Rene Girard that has this theory of what's called mimetic desire. And uh, he believes that pretty much everything is about wanting something that somebody else wants. That's essentially his, his which is back okay. to the cappuccino monkey thing. But he, he, he builds a mm -hmm. whole theoretical frame around that. And he actually thinks that um, that that there is mimetic aggression, and people have taken his theory and said, "Well, that's why Jesus was such an important symbol because we no longer tried to kill each other for all these things because this guy died for us." So they could say oh, that guy died, so we don't have to kill each other anymore because that guy died for all of our aggressive sins. That makes sense. No, not completely, but that could just be my dumbness. Uh, but that the the whole idea of accepting and digesting that Jesus died for your sins and ex I mean believing that in your heart sounds overwhelming to me. That sounds well when like you I couldn't handle yeah, my when, head would explode. Well, how about the fact that I mean that if you really look at the the sort of primitive symbols and the primitive experiences attached to it, not only did that guy die for me, so I don't have to kill other people or you know, kill the, yeah. the king's already died. He died for me, but we drink his blood and eat his body on a regular basis. Yeah. And he lives yeah. in eternity. Yeah. And we still love him. He never goes away. Yeah. Well, but he's it, but, still but that's our leader. The genius of it. it. It does. You don't need to. Yeah. Because, the Aztecs had to kill somebody but, every day. Was he ever they a leader? Yeah, that's why it's Temple Mount. Was he ever our leader? Uh, of a few. Of a few. Of a few. Feel like he was a leader. Yeah. He of a gave few us people. kindness yeah. and We're getting into dangerous territory, but of a few people, yes, I would say some people look. It was a brilliant leader. idea. But he well, he was a rabbi, right? And yeah. so rabbis are teachers, leaders of sorts, right? This just came up on the other podcast: how Jews wrote the Bible, and then Christians took it over and went, "See you later, Jews. Now we don't like you." <laughs> I'm simplifying you, what we talked about. You killed our leader. Well, and yeah, so what? Yeah. Tell us about that podcast. Tell, tell everyone about that podcast. The After Disaster, which is a podcast we've been doing for 11 years, uh, 600 and something episodes. It's now a subscription only. My podcast is still public, The Miscellaneous Adventures from the World of Mike Carano. And we've been having really exceptional shows on another podcast that I produce called Crazy Money with Paul Ollinger. And we have an exceptional guest coming up next week, but I can't say who it is. Talk about Paul's show. What is it? It's a, it's a podcast that explores the connection between money and happiness, and it's called Crazy Money, and I talked him into doing this podcast because he made a lot of money at Facebook and was not happy. Felt like he didn't have any purpose in life, he got everything he ever dreamed of, and he still felt empty, so we started discussing it. And you were a guest, you were a guest on the second show, we're now at 135. Yeah. Wow. It's a very academic Crazy. listen, so it's oh, not the kind of thing you can just put on and, yeah. and have in the background, but... It's been an yeah, interesting journey. You have to listen. And my podcast Paul's is still a, me yapping a... into my phone, yelling at AAA. <laughs> and Paul's, or Paul's wherever I'm guys, so you have to listen carefully. So, and and yeah. so, um, <laughs> it, it, do you still have five minutes with Mike or three minutes with Mike or any uh, video streaming stuff? I've been, I do a lot of videos for my Patreon people for the podcast, but I have something coming up, which... I'm ex you know how I've been working on this movie about death. Well, of course, in yes. the meantime, I get sidetracked and I worked on something else. And Paul was out here last week and I actually let him watch clips and he's very happy. So we'll see.
We'll see if You're I can have to tell me a little bit, month or two. A, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's uh, it's basically I'm Huel Hauser, and I spent a lot of time in Death Valley. Okay, which is true, which is some, which is just a statement of fact. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'd never heard of the Opera House until I until I met you. Yeah, well, there's there's I found a lot of clips from my visits to Death Valley that other I don't want to say I think they're funny, but I do think they're funny. And uh, I went I'm to stringing Death them together once. in a Did comedy to documentary that may never sell, but who knows? That's I have no good. expectations. Did you, did you go to the? I'm like I'm kind of like Susan, a food. Did you go to the opera house there? No, we drove. Do you know there's Death an Valley. opera house? Do you know there's an opera house there? Okay, Susan. I want to Susan, tell you, Susan, question. Question. No, the fact I don't that remember. you went through Death. I don't remember. The fact that you drove through Death Valley without visiting my favorite places hurts me to my core. We we may have, but I was 16, so I didn't care. I she just, saw Scotty's castle, I bet. I just oh. wanted to get a tan. So I was with my best friend, Nikki, and it was 113 degrees outside, and we went outside and tried to sit in the sun. Hmm. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's how... It's, meta, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a symbolic metaphor for Susan's life. So I was in a bikini in Death you Valley. You took a road trip at 13? No, I was with my parents in their motorhome. Like, they drove motorhomes. Oh. Like, they had... Bows and arrows in the back seat. <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> I hope you're kidding. So I wasn't sorry. putting them How in my come, mouth um, at that point. Have you been canceled yet? Me? No, have you? Yeah, it feels like everyone's times. getting canceled now. Yeah, yeah I tried. got canceled a couple times. Oh, Has it affected you? More, than, try, yeah. more than once. Over yeah. the last 20 years, oh my God. you've been hit. So many so times. Many times. So, yeah. And it it's keeps never, bouncing back. And it's, never, it's never what I say. This is, this is one thing I've learned about it. It's never what you say. It's what somebody said you said. I know. Said. It's someone's perception. That, that's what you can't. Yeah. Well, not even, be not even perception. It, the horrible stuff we said. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's either editing things and taking them out of context or literally just saying, yeah. he said X, even though it's not what I said. Yeah. And that yeah. becomes the cancel. Yeah. It's, it's never what people say Fatty exactly. Arbuckle. Yeah. 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 Which is so fascinating to me. And then he became, you know, he branded as a child, as a pedophile, and it wasn't true. But his career was already ruined and over, and see you later. Um, can I point out something real fast if we have a little bit of time? Paul had a really Go good ahead. observation about this. We were, there, we, we were talking about Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and people pulling their stuff off of spotify because in protest of joe rogan and he said he's adamantly against that because mm -hmm. what's going to happen is if you start thinking of spotify as a conservative network and apple as a liberal network eventually some country artist or somebody is going to just go well i'm pulling myself off of apple and now it divides it up so the consumer has to buy two services and i agree with uh. that i i've I, I've been all over the map, and I'm a hypocrite, and I've gone from this side to that side to this and that. But the bottom line is, I, I think if you are trying to cancel somebody, you need to get a life and 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 just you know go get a job or something because you shouldn't be able to cancel people. Period. No matter what, in my opinion, in yeah. my opinion, if you yeah. don't like what somebody says, yeah. just turn it off. And this is a new thing for me because uh, two years ago I'd be like, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. But I've come around to realizing. You have no right as a person that doesn't create or doesn't make things to decide who gets to do what they want to do. And, and I really firmly believe this. And I think it's infuriating. 
And I'm sorry to end on such a serious note. Well, I, so I, maybe I'll, I can we go back to the girl, your friend who sells again. her parts in a jar or something. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> I, we did interview her. Uh, I, we, you know that? We did interview her. Yeah. Still, like you better, how Mike. low has you, have you stooped? You know what? I'm going to do this. <laughs> no, she was interesting. You know, she was interesting. Trauma. She was fascinating. You guys would. You guys okay. should meet. They're, you'd be she, funny. Yeah, you'd be, you'd, she'd be a great uh, five minutes with Mike. She's a um, great co-host. A she'd be a fun I'm only interested in meeting people that are potential soulmates. Everyone else, I don't have time. I was just thinking, you'll start dating yeah. her. That's what'll happen. That's what will happen. No, you'll be buying her farts. <laughs> <laughs> you come over, there's just jars She's everywhere. adorable. You're like, what's that? Cha-ching! They do that. Here's the deal. They all go to Austria, this apparently. The, Here's the I'm deal. very serious. Yeah, I'm very serious about this. We know An Angeline yeah. sells yeah. her clothes and her underwear and stuff out the back of her Corvette, but the, the person who's selling their farts and stuff like, what does the person who buy buys that do with it? Do they just save it or do they open it? Like, yeah, that's I, the they, real I problem. immediately, yeah, I knew it was screwed up men immediately who were asking for that, which is why she yeah, did it. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. guess, give me a, a, give me a region. Buying other people's farts. Right. Yeah. And where do you think these yeah. guys are from? Where, where were a lot of them from? Like, they're real enthusiasts. I know, I know where they're from because. And things. I know where they're from because I've seen Angeline a lot. She lives in my neighborhood and they're basically, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get in trouble. They're German, by and large. Austrian, Austrian, almost, okay. <laughs> right next door, okay. Austrian. Yeah. And, and okay. uh, well, yeah, I don't know the difference. That's so. where, right. Uh, and so I don't know why, but that's what she's, and she's, you know, met the demand of the marketplace, as they say. But, but let me get back to the cancellation thing. Um, I, you said you're mad that people that don't create are able to cancel that people. I'm mad that people who have just learned how to pronounce the words that are names of medication that I've been using for decades, and they think they have yeah. an opinion about those medication and how they should be used. Yeah. That is you're, disgusting. You're effed. That's insane. You, you, are, you are screwed. That's insane. 30 years mm. or 40 years of practice and all that, all those years of medical yeah. school and everybody is on par yeah. with you now, thanks to the internet. I know they're that's not, right. but that's I mean, exactly that's the right. opinion. And that's right. I'm sorry. So there's that. You're effed. There's that. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know it. And there's that. And then there's what's happening to Rogan. I, I started, oh, Germany or Florida. That's so funny, uh, Stefan. <laughs> He's absolutely right. Um, but, but what, with Rogan, I started looking at his guests and stuff. I was, you know, I, I listened to podcasts. I'm a fan. And I thought, you know, he he only books guests that fascinate him so he can keep his attention going and curiosity going for three or four hours. The whole time when he's, he, he, he always is talking to outliers, people with differing opinions. If you want an academic opinion, read yeah. a book. It's in the books. It's already there. It's, yeah. But he wants to talk yeah. to people that makes him go, yeah. oh, wow, I never thought of that. Oh, my God, who knows this? Where'd that come from? Yeah. He says that constantly when he's engaged with the guest. And so that's who he's going to talk to. That he has to entertain himself. He has to entertain other people. That's his yeah. responsibility. Not, not. Now he thinks. Now he has said now that because he has such reach, he has to think about balance and giving all their alternatives. But guess what? People aren't going to listen to that so much. They aren't going to listen to those balanced opinions. But okay, I think he's right. He does need to offer those at least, just to because he has such reach. And we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's very disconcerting. This whole thing, which seems to have only come up six years ago, for me at least, but Judd said something a couple of days ago about how 
you know, comedy was always the safe place where he thought comedians all were like-minded. And it seemed that way to me too. And then he said, when he found out people are on opposite sides and people are fighting each other and people hate each other and people are mean. And that's exactly what I felt years ago. I was like, this isn't what I thought it was. It was my little, my little family and my little home. And it's not like that. Mm. There's a lot of fucking anger and bitterness out there with the one place I thought was safe. And it's kind of uh, upsetting that you have to create your own little bubble of like-minded people to hang out with. Is there, is there a way to get that back? This is the, this more, is, maybe this is the most depressing the... topic I've ever, what's the heck? No, no, because I mean, maybe it's get back in the clubs, you know, get everyone back in the clubs together, you know? I don't know, man. I don't know. Have, you know, free range nights, open, open, well, you'd be good at it. You're, you're a cult doctor, by the way. <laughs> Don't I'm you have some kind of Hippocratic oath where you have, if I call you and say some of the members are sick, you have to come over or something like that? I mean, if I were the only thing Can handy, I muscle you sure. Into it? Uh, okay. If I'm the only thing at hand, yeah, yeah. So, what, what, what and I if I use discover it as a point what you, you'll be our doctor, and if I discover, <laughs> and if I discover what you've been doing to people, I'm a mandated reporter. So, uh, hmm, you may not like that so much. Huh. All right. Shall mm -hmm. we have a different room for? medical start stuff a, start a kitty cult. In the cult facility over here kitty cult all right speaking of kitty cult we got jesus get christ uh, what are you you're we're making having... it 50 times worse i'm joking you want me to start a kitty cult <laughs> we're gonna have a no we have a new cats. baby arriving we have a cat kitty coming. cult an actual cat, actual cat. Wait, what do you mean you have uh, a baby? You can Caleb, put Jack in there. Oh, the cat. So Paulina's bringing a cat. Yeah, bringing a cat in. So we. I know. I'm so worried. I know. I hope that she drugged him and got up on the way so uh caleb i hear you sort of giggling in the background do you have any questions for mike uh I, i'm off the air i have some questions for him <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. okay. i've been saving them you sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh caleb has had an interesting experience as well yeah so His, he had the same all right, all right. we're not gonna not necessarily but uh so all right everybody uh mike thank you for stopping by i appreciate it i miss you we got to talk soon Go i miss you guys something so all right and, uh, Am I coming yeah, over this weekend out. or was that? Yeah, we're around. We're going to watch the, the Super Bowl on my couch. All right, I don't good. think I want to go anywhere. All right. Okay. So that'd be good. Uh, all right, man. Thank you. Uh, again, give all the plugs. I forgot what they are. I'm miscellaneous, sorry. Miscellaneous Adventures of Mike Carano. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then Paul's. I was trying to, act, Paul, I was trying to be humble. Yeah, Crazy Money Paul's. with Paul Ollinger. Uh, miscellaneous adventures in the world of Mike Grano. And then there's the after disaster, which is subscription only. And you probably wouldn't like it. Join today. Might. It's with Anderson, our own engineer from Loveline. Yeah, it's the old and, Loveline uh, crew. Tyler mm -hmm. is still there, right? Tyler's still part of, your, part of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, he and, sure is. Uh, we love you too, Bobby on Restream. It's usually very funny. Okay, everybody. Uh, thanks, Mike. I'm going to wave you off. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Always great to see you. Okay. See you, man. I'll talk to you later. And then uh, thank you. to the rest of you, uh, thank you. We really weren't taking calls today. We're just interviewing my friends, essentially. I think Wednesday's um, like turning into fun celebrity friend day. Chat day. Chat with friends or day. Fart, we'll call it fart jar day. Oh, was she fart jar? Was she last week? I don't know. Oh, don't we know have Chad day. Goes Deep next week on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Chad, Chad and JT. So that should be fun. If you've never seen those guys, they are funny. So that'll be fun. We go from farts to like covid vaccination experts. Uh, thank you, Caleb, for setting this up. Thank you, for Susan, for producing these things. Uh, you can get them at uh, doctor.com slash shop. Uh, what else? Anything else where we need oh, people Oh, my God. Yeah. And put in the code Dr. Drew and mm. get $5 off. 
and which it is goes basically to, shipping, and then also the proceeds will go to Hillside's yeah. foster care. Yeah, which is really a great, great place, extremely good. And we we are still taking uh, hashtag Where's Doctor Drew bobblehead photos on Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to, you know, get in the running for an autographed one, and you get to be on Ask Doctor Drew and ask him anything for a good half hour. Hmm. And you can bring whoever you want as long as they're in front of your camera. There you go. There's been some really cute ones. We're going to show them tomorrow. I mean, we're showing some of them, but we have some more. Fair enough. Rex is losing his mind. Uh, we're going to get going. Rex didn't eat today because Jordan left us. and he's... Yeah, he wouldn't. He really wouldn't eat anything today. It was yeah, weird. Yeah, he's all bummed out. Huh, He'll be okay. Interesting. All right, everybody. We will see you tomorrow at three o'clock. Let's see. Let's see. Next Tuesday, we have Bethany Shondark. We have Chad goes deep on Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, we don't have somebody Tuesday. Uh, we have Doctor Kaplan. Oh, yeah, Dr. tomorrow's Arthur. a big deal. Yeah, medical ethicists coming back, uh, sort of updating all the mandate issues and vaccines and masking. <laughs> and sort of, you get his take on these things. How do we call this out? God. Call what out? Especially in LA, the mandates are oh, ridiculous. Oh my god, it's ridiculous here, but but here we are. I'm 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 at least look. I'm grateful that uh, the state of California is taking a rational position. The fact that the county of Los Angeles is not is the highest level of incompetence. Show it's showing display the incompetence on full display now, everybody. Yeah. Uh, the CDC is loosening. You know, every, multiple states are are taking appropriate measures. Watch to see what happens to their numbers. They will continue to talk. Well, they just out. said they went down on the news this morning. They're, they're like, they're, they're coming down fast. Taking the mask off is not going to affect the Anything. numbers. Anything, yeah. It, they, they are minimally effective. You heard Dr. Gandhi yesterday. They can help protect you if you have an N95. It might really, help you if you have like, if you want not, you don't want to get a cold or something correct, else that is it an airborne. You, it doesn't protect other people from you at all. And if you're signaling that, oh, I'm, I care about other people, that's why I'm wearing a mask, stop wearing the mask because it's not doing that. <laughs> it's not doing that. All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow at 3 for Dr. Arthur Kaplan. See you nice then. ending. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.